Trinity Baptist Church. Listen to this portion of the story of God from the Gospel of Matthew. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who started to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell to his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged you, and I will pay you back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tormented until he should pay all the debt he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Love is patient. The word, the word of, of the Lord. Lord. Good morning. How many of you would agree that we live in a patience deficit culture? Right? We want what we want when we want it. We have um, express checkout, uh, fast food, uh, Amazon Prime, right? You know, delivered into your home right there. We even have a door close button on elevators. Did you know that the door would close by itself without pushing that button? And yet we push that button. We, how many of you get impatient when, when you're on the internet and that little thingy just keeps spinning? You know, we, we forgot that it used to take us days to go to the library and, you know, walk through the stacks. We are an impatient people. I did um, a search this week on Amazon because I just wanted to, to see how much was out there on patience. And so if you, if you go to Amazon and you, you know, it gives you some categories that you can search through. And so I went to the self-help um, personal transformation category. And you can do this when you get home. Guess how many titles were there for patience? 59. The best title I found was How to Teach Your Children Patience Without Losing It Yourself. 
That one would be worth reading, I think. Um, 59 titles on patience. You know how many there were for peace? 1,485. For joy, there were 1,075. And there were 5,971 for love. So what that tells me is that there are a lot more people who want peace, joy, and love than want patience. But I would suggest to you that you can't really have peace or joy, and certainly not love, unless you've got patience. Last week, we we kicked off this series called True Love, where we are unpacking what the Apostle Paul tells us, what God tells us through the Apostle Paul, true love looks like, the characteristics of it. And the if you weren't here last week, let me just give you the Reader's Digest condensed version. In one line, the takeaway from last week is, in order to give love, you have to live love. In order to give love, you have to live loved. You have to Um, you, you have to live in the love that God has for you because in and of ourselves, we are not going to be able to love other people well unless we understand how deeply we are loved. And this list that Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is not a to-do list of love. It is a to-be list. It is, it is what we become when we are living in the love that God has for us. And so my, my, my challenge to, to you guys last week was that if, if you believe that you, um, that you will live richer lives when people treat you with, with patience, and, and you'll live richer lives when people, people treat you with kindness and, and, and um, humility and forgiveness and all of these things that Paul talks about, if you know that's true, then, then don't you want to be that kind of person for others? Don't you want to be the person that enriches the lives of others? And if you do, then the, the way to do that is by moving into the love that God has for you as demonstrated through Christ. So now you don't even have to listen to the podcast. That was it in a nutshell. This morning, we're going we're gonna to jump into the series um, in earnest, um, or the series proper, and we're going to start looking at each of these characteristics. And the place where Paul begins to describe this thing of true love, he says in 1 Corinthians 13, He says, love is what? Patient. Love is patient. And it's interesting to me that Paul begins with patience because patience isn't really an activity, if you think about it. Right? Patience is not something that you do. It's more what you don't do. Patience is when you, dis, when you choose not to react to something, not 
to, to, to press forward with something. But patience is when you step back and, and slow down. To start wrapping our minds around this thing called patience, um, I want us to think about God's patience for a moment. Because patience is not something that, that we are naturally wired with. It's hard to understand the patience of God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I actually get impatient with God's patience. Anybody else? I mean, like if I pray for something, you know, twice in a row and nothing happens, I'm going, come on, God, where are you? I get impatient with God's patience. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like a little kid in the, on a long trip sitting in the back seat. Can you remember that far back? When you, when you, you take off on, on a long trip to, to go to Disneyland or to go to see grandparents or to go to some fun place, and you, you're 30 minutes down the road, and what's the question that the little kid says? Are we there yet? That's kind of how we are. Are we there yet? I'm tired of my little, you know, teeny back window view. But as the adult, the adult says, no, not quite there yet. Because the, the adult knows the destination from the beginning. The adult has the, has the big map and knows where we're going and, and knows what the plan is and knows what the purpose is and knows that we're... the very reason that we're going on this trip is to take the child to a fun place, but the child's in the back seat and the child is saying, are we there yet? And that's what we do with God. And, but God is patient with us and he just says, no, not quite there. How do we want him to react to us? It, do we want him to, to give us the map? It'd be like, you know, the little kid in the back seat saying, are we there yet? And the parent saying, here's the map, you figure it out. But even if God gave us the map, we wouldn't know what to do with it. We wouldn't know how to make sense of it. And so God is just patient with us. And he says, no, not quite there yet. But we, we press in. God is patient because that's who He is. One of the names of God is that He is the Alpha and the Omega. The, the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. It means that He's the beginning and the end. You see, not only does God have the big map so that He knows the beginning in the end. God is the big map. God is the beginning and the end. And so when you are the beginning and the end, when, when you're the one who created time, you don't rush around as if time was scarce. You're not in a hurry for anything. God is patient because he knows the whole story. I get impatient with God's patience because I don't have the big map. But 
I want the Big Mac because that's part of my nature. Being impatient is part of what's, what we're wired for. How many of you um, parents have, teached, have taught, teached? How, ma- how many of you, you parents have taught your, par- your kids to be impatient? You, you, you actively taught them to be impatient. Okay, you need... Of course not. But they are. Why? Well, probably because they see it in us, yes. <laughs> They're impatient because it's just part of, it's part of our wiring. But God is all about patience. And we will never have patience as, as people until we learn to abide in God's love. Because the Bible says that, that patience is where love begins. God is love. We know that. God so loved the world that, that God keeps wooing people and wooing people. For centuries He has wooed them. And there's this refrain over and over in the Old Testament that God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Abounding in patient love. You can can read it from Exodus through Nahum. This phrase that God is abounding in patient love. And it didn't stop in the Old Testament. God's greatest demonstration of patient love is seen in Jesus when he's hanging on the cross and he's looking down at the people who have nailed him there. Those who beat him and whipped him and and shoved a crown of thorns down over his head. For these people, he pleads from the cross, what? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Friends, that's patient love. Peter tells the early church, he says, do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with The Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, God's love is patient. And God's patience is so beyond our human capacity to conjure it up that the only way that we can ever demonstrate God's love to other people is for us to live in it ourselves. It's for us to experience His love ourselves. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul presents patience as the premier expression of love. It's... it's right out in front. It leads the way for kindness and for courtesy and for humility and forgiveness. Why? Because patience enables all the others. Think about that for a minute. We are less able to be kind when we're impatient. We are um, more prone to become angry, easily angered. When we're impatient. We are more prone to to be prideful when we're impatient. Why? Because patience slows things down. And patience 
forces us to stop and think about what's going on and, and, and try to see what the end is. Patience enables all the others. The Greek word used here for patience is a very descriptive one. It's the word macrothumia. Just sounds bad, doesn't it? Macrothumia. Macro uh, means long. Thumos means suffering. The, the King James translates this as, as long-suffering. Macrothumia means that we suffer long, that we, we hang in there long. That's patience. The, the, figuratively, it means taking a long time to boil. When you think of a, a, a pot of, of boiling water, what is the primary factor that brings the water to boil? Is it the size of the stove? No. Is it the composition of the pot? No. I mean, that helps, but that, the, the primary factor is what? The intensity of the flame. You turn the, the fire up and the water boils more quickly. You turn the fire down and it's slow to boil. That's the, that's the idea behind patience. Patience isn't naive. Patience doesn't just overlook things. It doesn't ignore misbehavior. It just keeps the flame on low. It, it waits. It listens. It's, it's slow to boil. I, I hate it when God gives me personal illustrations within two days of when I speak on something. So Friday, well, I'll back up just a little bit. We were away on vacation, and while we were away on vacation, we had uh, some guys in our building come in and paint uh, the the rooms vacated by my children. And if any of you are wondering how Deanna and I are doing as empty nesters, just come look at our office and our guest room. Okay, we're doing just fine. So, so these guys come in and they, they, we shovel out these rooms and they come in and they paint, paint the rooms for us while we're gone so that when we get back we can go to work on them and we can put, you know, move furniture around and all that stuff. Well, they didn't do a very good job on the ceiling in one of the rooms. And so I went down and spoke to them and, and oh yeah, we'll take care of it, Mr. Boyd. And so, so actually they, didn't, they don't call me Mr. Boyd, they call me Keith. But anyway, um, we'll take care of Keith. And, and so the guy went up and, and, and he painted the section again. Well, now it looks worse than it did before. Because now you got this big block, you know, that looks painted and the rest not. And so I come in from a run on Friday, and, and he's down at the front desk. And, and, and so I said, hey, um, thanks for coming up and, and, and repainting the ceiling. But, you know, it really doesn't look great. And, you know, we, we need to get that taken care of. And, and, and he proceeds to tell me why it doesn't look good. Okay, well, the problem is you got the wrong paint. Well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, uh, 
okay, maybe I got the wrong paint, but but the problem is it does, you know it doesn't look good and well you know and then and he goes through this litany of things of of why it's not his fault that it doesn't look good and with each reason my flames getting turned up and i'm starting to boil okay and i get to the place where i just said look it doesn't matter how we got to this place. What matters is that it gets fixed, that it gets redone. Okay, Keith, we'll take care of it. So I go, I go upstairs, and I'm just, I'm boiling. And as I walk in the door, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that wasn't very patient of me. I wasn't patient with him, which meant then I wasn't very kind with him. And, and so the flame came down. And I got back on the elevator and went back downstairs, and he was still at the front desk. And I just put my arm around him. I said, I'm so sorry. I, I wasn't patient with you, and I wasn't kind, and, and the way I spoke to you was inappropriate, and I'm sorry. Oh, don't worry about it, Mr. Boyd or Keith. You know, I've seen a whole lot worse. I hate it when people say that. <laughs> it's like, you were really bad, but... I've seen worse. So I apologized to him. I apologized to the doorman. And I went upstairs. See, patience doesn't ignore something that's wrong. But it's slow to boil. And it just... It it endures. It's steadfast love. And that's what God's love for us looks like. There's this great story that Jesus tells in Matthew 18. This is the text that was read to us a few minutes ago. Peter comes to Jesus and asks Jesus how many times he should forgive. And he throws out this number, which which we think is a pretty great number. Seven, right? (laughs) If you forgive somebody seven times, that's good. And Jesus says, yeah, no, 70 times 7. And Jesus' point is, if you're counting, you're not forgiving. And then he tells Peter and the guys this parable about a king who decides to settle his accounts with his debtors and his bookkeeper discovers this guy that owes him not thousands of dollars, not hundreds of thousands of dollars, but millions of dollars. And the king declares that the man and his wife and kids are to be sold to pay the debt because of his inability to pay the debt. The man is about to lose everything he has and everyone he loves. And Jesus tells this story. He says in verse 26, At this the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. And I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Did you catch that? The debtor didn't plead for mercy. He didn't plead for forgiveness. He asked for what? Patience. What I find 
curious is that if you do a, a, a word search in the New Testament, searching for the word patient or patience, there's only two times in the Gospels when you will find the word patient, and it's right here. And that's a big highlighter for me. It's as if uh, Jesus reserves this word for one occasion to make one point that, that patience is more than a virtue for slow waiters or, or handy men who don't do the job right. Patience is the red carpet on which God's love arrives. It's, it's premier. It's foundational. Had there been no patience, there would have been no mercy. Had there been no patience, there would have been no forgiveness. But this king was patient. And because he was, the million dollar debt was forgiven. But then the, the story takes a left turn. This, this guy, freshly off of this forgiveness goes out and finds a, a fellow servant who owes him a hundred bucks. Verse 28, but when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. And I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Of course, the king is stunned. Because you would think that this man who not only had received patience, but had received forgiveness, would at least be patient with this other servant. But he wasn't. And so the king has him thrown into debtor's prison, which is an interesting concept when you think about it. You know, the way you get out of debtor's prison is by paying your debt, but how are you going to get out of prison if you can't pay, you know, anyway. Uh, that's another sermon for another day. The point here is, is that this man is imprisoned because he is impatient with his fellow servant. Now, aren't you glad that's just a parable? Aren't you glad that you are not imprisoned when you are impatient? But maybe you are. You see, sometimes... When we are impatient with other people, it causes uh, relational conflict. It causes relational issues that imprison us relationally. If, if I had not gone down and, and made things right with, with the guys in my building, every time I would have seen them, I would have had this thing just kind of gnawing at me and I would have been in prison you see impatience does imprison us 
And so God is quick, not just to help us avoid being impatient, but he empowers us to be patient. Remember, patience is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, the Spirit produces the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience. It's one of the things that the Spirit wants to grow in us so that we can extend it to others, so that we will not be in jail. Have you ever prayed for patience? Come on. How many times did you pray for it? Right? Lord, give me patience. Come on. Give me patience now. I want patience now. And then, well, I prayed for it like three times and the Lord didn't answer. So, you see, sometimes just in the praying for it, he answers the prayer. As we just keep saying, Lord, give me patience. Give me patience. He answers the prayer. And while you're praying that prayer, you can also say, Lord, give me understanding. Because as Proverbs 14, 29 says, patient people have great understanding. Could it be that your patient, your impatience is because of your lack of understanding? Yeah. We don't see the end. We're, we're the kid in the back seat saying, are we there yet? We don't understand the map. And so we need to be asking the Lord for patience and understanding. Paul says before anything else, love is patient. When you love someone, you don't just give up on them. You patiently persist and your love doesn't quit. Ever just looked at the world and been impatient with all the stuff that's going on and you just kind of want God to zap a few people and take them out? Ever been impatient in a circumstance in your life where you just wanted God to get rid of it? Ever been impatient with a person in your life where you just wanted God to change them? Ever think about how patient God is with you? You see, when you think about how patient God is with you, that he is the king and he is patient and he has forgiven your debt. That's when you are able then to be patient with other people. When you recognize how patient God is with the world and that he loves everyone and wants all to come to him. How patient God is through circumstance that he wants to use circumstance to grow us and grow others. How patient he is with, with us and, and with the people in our lives. You see, when you love, you don't give up. When you love, you endure. When you love, you are patient. That's what God is with us, and that's what he calls us to be with each other. God wants us to embrace the whole world. He wants, he wants everyone in a love relationship with him. We get frustrated Sometimes, and we think that nothing is happening because we haven't reached the destination yet. But you see, 
For God, the journey is the goal. We, we want to get from, from here to there, and there is the goal. But for God, the journey is the goal. Here's what Oswald Chambers says. We tend to think that if Jesus compels us to do something and we are obedient to him, he will lead us to great success. We should never have the thought that our dreams of success are God's purpose for us. In fact, his purpose may be exactly opposite. We have the idea that God is leading us toward a particular end or a desired goal, but he is not. The question of whether or not we arrive at a particular goal is of little importance, and reaching it becomes merely an episode along the way. What we see as only the process of reaching a particular end, God sees as the goal itself. You see, for us, or for God, the process is the goal. Because it is in the process that we are becoming more like Jesus. It is in the process that we are growing. So what does it mean for me that Jesus, this God that I belong to, is patient? Well, I think it means, first of all, that, that God's patience with me compels me to be patient with others. If you find yourself in a place of impatience, can I encourage you just to, just to step back and take, you've got to be a little bit patient to do this, but if you can take 15 seconds and just say, Lord, remind me of your patience with me. Don't even pray for patience. Just say, Lord, remind me of your patience with me. And as he starts showing you his patience for you, then that will enable you to be patient with others. It will enable you to, to love them. But you can only do that when you acquaint yourself with the love that God has for you as demonstrated in his patience for you. Being patient also means that I can start to enjoy the journey. I don't have to get to the I don't have to get to the place. I can enjoy the journey. Why? Two reasons. First, because I know that, that the Lord has the big map. I know that He knows where we're going. And if I can trust Him, then I can trust that where we're going is going to be a good place. And so I can enjoy the journey. And second, I can trust that my journey has a purpose. And it's not just a means to an end. When, when you're struggling through something, don't just keep saying, I'm going to hang in there until I can get through this. Don't just keep saying, oh, but on the other side. 
change your perspective and say, Lord, what do you have for me in this? Lord, what is it that you want to, how is it that you want to grow me as I go through this? Because that changes your perspective of, of the journey. It's not just a means to an end, but it is the end in itself. Friends, there will be a day when we won't need to be patient anymore. You know that? There's going to be a day when, and it's all through Scripture, when Jesus will return and there will be no more sorrow or death or pain and the Lord Himself will bend down and wipe away every tear from your eyes. There will be a day when everything that you are sad about today, you will sing about on that day. Every burden you're carrying, every heartache, every longing will be taken care of. Yes, there will be a day when God does a new thing and we will be changed and we will see our loved ones and all the, the heartache and, and turmoil that we have gone through will disappear. There will be a day when Jesus will, will reign on his throne and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Amen? Amen? But that day's not here yet. And until that day comes, we need to be patient. Just as God is patient with us. God is, being patient, God is patient with us. And every day he is waiting for us to say yes to Jesus. And, and to say yes to the life that he's called us into. And to say yes to the love that he wants to shower on us. God is patient. And if God is being patient with you. Can't you pass on some of that patience to others? Because before love is anything else, love is patient. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you that you have been patient with me. I thank you that though there have been myriad times in my life when you should have just zapped me, just as I have wanted people zapped, you were patient. And you were doing a thing, and you were bringing about a maturation process as you continue to bring about a maturation process in me. And I'm grateful, Lord, that you show me your grace and your mercy every day through your patience. Lord, help us to be a people, help me to be a, a person that just takes deep breaths and that 
it's not about getting results now, right now, right now, I got to have it. But it's about stepping back, taking a deep breath, and just saying, Lord, what are you doing in this moment? I pray, Father, that we would become a patient people. Because without patience, we cannot love well. I pray this for your namesake. Amen.